You are listening to the Salty Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Anas Kesto. I'm salty not just because Jesus says you're the salt of the earth, but also because I'm salty in the sense that I'm watching the culture shift towards this progressive ideology, and it's becoming more anti-Christian by the day, and it's been slowly destroying our Christian values. I'm also salty because I'm watching Catholics become very lukewarm in their faith and not standing up and defending against this secular culture. So I'm here to sprinkle in a little bit of flavor. Alright, let's begin. Ecclesiastes 3.4 tells us that there is a time to weep and a time to laugh. Well, I think it's about time we have a little bit of a laugh uh, in this uptight PC culture that we're living in. And it seems like everybody wants to be serious all the time, especially for the most insignificant things in life. In this episode, I want to talk about one of my favorite ways to spread the good news, and that's using humor. For some odd reason, Christians seem to think that preaching and humor should be mutually exclusive and should never mix. I've noticed this mostly in some Protestant denominations, and this isn't an attempt to uh, take a dig on Protestants, so don't misunderstand me. But what I am saying is that there are some Protestant denominations that are well known for their lack of sense of humor. When I make a joke or use some kind of sarcasm just to show that their logic may be flawed, they get very angry and uptight and just start accusing me of making mockery of the gospel. I think that humor can and should be used to spread the gospel, in my opinion. The gospel is meant to bring joy and happiness and to proclaim the best news that's ever been proclaimed, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but might have eternal life. That's John 3.16. What good would it do if we were just being angry or mopey or sad or depressed when we're proclaiming the news? We should be joyful. We should be full of joy when we proclaim the good news. Now I get it. We're also meant to be sorrowful. It's part of human nature. We feel sorrow and sadness when bad things happen, like, for example, losing a loved one. And when it comes to our spirituality, we feel sorrow, or at least we should feel sorrow, when we commit sin. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just the way we preach the gospel. I mean, look, we're in the age of internet and social media, and this has opened up new ways for spreading the gospel. I personally feel like that Catholics tend to be a little bit behind when it comes to technology. Very few have taken advantage of modern technology to preach the gospel. If we think about it, the very first televangelist was Bishop Fulton Sheen. Back in 1951, he started a weekly TV show called Life is Worth Living, and it went on for about six years. And he had roughly 30 million people tuning in to watch. I mean, that number by today's standard is huge, let alone back in the 50s, when there were barely any TVs in households and there was no DVR. And I don't think any other Catholic or any other Christian, for that matter, after him came even close to doing anything like that. Part of it may be because the secular media gets in the way, for sure, that's you know one of the main reasons. But also part of it, I think, um, and this is my own personal opinion, that Catholics tend to give up too easily when it comes to uh, when it comes to these things. Like they easily think that the secular media will just get in the way so they just don't even bother. If we fast forward to something recently, the only person that came closest to what Bishop Sheen did was uh, Bishop Robert Barron. When he was just a priest in the mid-2000s, he noticed that in the early days of YouTube, b- before they were even this big, they weren't even bought out by Google at that time, I don't think. But he noticed that there was this website where people were posting videos and people were engaging and interacting and it was just being spread all over the world and all over social media. So he started a YouTube page and he started getting many views. Today, some of his videos get about 1 million views. Um... And he said that trend for many other Catholic theologians and apologists and priests to take advantage of this online ministry, which is great. But when we look at the secular media and all these atheist YouTube pages and social media pages, they're getting so many more numbers than any Catholic or any Christian can ever come close to. And that's kind of a problem. 
Now, there is this one thing on the internet that Catholics don't seem to want to take advantage of for some reason. I'm talking about memes. Now, for the boomers listening, a meme is a short joke, usually in a picture form with some words on it, and it's meant to be easily passed around on social media posts, emails, text messages, etc. And that meme is meant to um, make a commentary on the cultural ideas or some current events using humor. The funnier and more clever it is, the more popular it becomes. And I think this is such a perfect way to preach the gospel. Of course, I don't mean to say that we can, for example, explain transubstantiation or get deep into the theology of the Trinity using a meme. Of course not. But this would be a perfect opportunity to use a little bit of humor just to start a dialogue with people who may not otherwise been interested in hearing the gospel. Sister Anne Flanagan, yes, a nun, who happens to be the social media expert for the Daughters of St. Paul. She said this in an interview. I think memes are some of the most effective agents of evangelization out there. The ideal meme is visual, punching, has that cultural pop, and it is shareable. People can link to it on Facebook and Twitter, and it can reach thousands of people. Memes are primarily visual. The words are there just to tweak the visual. Now, this is a nun saying this. Some of you may have heard Catholic Memes. It's a social media page, and it's a website, catholicmemes.com. Well, the founder of that, his name is Ryan Scheel, um... He decided to create Catholic memes to just spread them on social media because he was getting um, the taste of the nasty side of the internet culture, mostly atheist internet trolls. And he said this in an interview to Catholic Register. I had people coming to my website, youcatholic.com, and trying to disturb it, usually with memes. So I took what others were doing and turned it around. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. He used their own weapons against them. In that same interview, Ryan said that he wanted to make a social media and internet place where uh, a person can be just unapologetically Catholic and still be relevant to modern culture. Memes are a simple way to expose a stereotype or a misconception that people have about the church. In that way, they can be used to evangelize and move people towards the church, the Bible, and really encounter the gospel. This is the way I see it. A simple picture with a catchphrase or a quote, whether it's funny or serious, it's a way just to tell your family and friends, hey, look at this. Isn't this great? Isn't this interesting? Doesn't it make you think about the topic a little bit? And I could do this without shoving my ideas down their throat and still draw their attention to it. And not just to them, but to all their social media friends too. It's like mini evangelization. I mean, that's a great way to spread my faith and my love for Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church. They're short enough and to the point that those who are Catholic, like me, can understand the point that I'm trying to make. And for those who are not believers or ones who want to question the message, it's just a great way to start a dialogue about the faith. And what I'm saying here doesn't just apply to memes. This can also work with just any sort of witty or sarcastic remarks. For those who know me personally, you know that I'm very sarcastic when it comes to my social media interactions. Part of the reason I do this isn't to mock or make fun of the person directly. By no means I get personal when I speak to people, or I try not to, I should say. I do, however, make sarcastic remarks about their arguments to show the flaws in their arguments. One example I can give you, a personal example, is I saw a Protestant make a comment on one of my friend's posts, and he said something along the lines of, Catholics don't follow the scripture. And I replied with, Well, you know, us Catholics are not allowed to read the Bible, so you may be right. And this is a sarcastic remark made because one of the Protestant misconceptions is that the Catholic Church didn't allow the faithful to read the Bible in the early 1500s, which totally didn't happen, by the way. I made that remark because then it started a dialogue between us, and he admitted that as a Protestant, he didn't really think that misconception was true, and he didn't like when other uh, Protestants would use it as well. And we ended up having a very fruitful conversation in private shortly after that. 
But not only that, I had a friend of mine who is Catholic. He had messaged me on the side and asked me what I meant by that. So I explained the history that about the misconception of how Protestants today try to use that against the Catholic Church. They try to say that the Catholic Church didn't allow the faithful to read the scripture and that they would chain the Bible to the pulpit so that nobody was allowed to take it home and read it and study it, which is totally not true. So not only did I end up having a fruitful conversation with a random Protestant who's still my friend today, but I was also able to teach a fellow Catholic about a common attack against Catholicism and how to defend against it. And this happens to me personally often, whether it's arguing religion, politics, sports, whatever it may be. When I see an opportunity to make a joke or maybe make a sarcastic remark just to expose the flawed logic in someone's argument, I take it. When it comes to religion and maybe even politics, but most especially religion, I often make those remarks to someone who I know that they are unwilling to change their position, either because I've seen them dialogue with someone else over this topic, um, or I've engaged with them myself in the past, and I know that they're set in stone in the way they're thinking, and they're not willing to even regard the other side's position. So I end up using humor in order to poke fun at their logic, so that whoever is reading the comments can hopefully not just be entertained by making the topic that's already dull and probably not enjoyable, uh, to take such topics and make them a little bit more entertaining to listen to, but also hopefully by continuing to read the dialogue between myself and that person, they may learn something new and be persuaded and get them to dig deeper into the truth. Humor is good, and I think it should be included in our preaching when necessary. Humor can lift our spirits. And boy, do we need our spirits lifted after, especially after watching the news for like five minutes. So Proverbs 17, uh, chapter 17 says that a cheerful heart is a good medicine. Would you rather hear the gospel from someone who's cheerful and happy or someone who's angry and mopey? But not just that. Humor often diffuses tension. Sometimes we can get caught up and worked up having a conversation about a topic that we're passionate about. And we end up either shouting over each other or at each other. So why not use humor to calm the situation before it gets there? Humor allows us to open up, talk freely about important issues, and what's more important than sharing the gospel? And honestly, one of the reasons I am in favor of using humor, especially when preaching, is because it gets rid of the stigma that Christians are these boring, humorless, and uptight. Because the secular media already thinks that because we love God so much, that we're boring and we don't like to have fun. Their idea of fun is sin, like sexual immorality, drunkenness, drug use, and all that good stuff, or bad stuff, I should say. So when we preach that these things are destructive to our soul and our human nature, they label us as a buzzkill that just don't like to have fun and like to ruin everybody else's fun time. So if we are to show the secular world that we can have fun, that we can also have a great sense of humor, it will at least bring their guard down and be a little bit more attentive when we are sharing some truth within that humor that we make. And we need to show them the joy of the gospel by us being joyful too. And I happen to appreciate humor a lot, and I tend to try to find humor in practically every aspect of my life. But even in the Bible, there is a lot of humor in the Bible. But to the average reader, the Bible is taken so sacred and so serious that humor is absolutely the last thing on their mind. Maybe it's because of what I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, that many Christians, for some odd reason, think that preaching and humor should not mix, that God can't have a sense of humor. I'm going to show you a few examples from the Bible where some of these stories are hilarious. So the first one is in Genesis 25. In Genesis 25, you read that Isaac, who's the son of Abraham, he had twins, and he named them Jacob and Esau. Now, the boys were very competitive. Boy, were they very competitive. It all began while they were still in the womb. They were trying to position themselves and push each other out of the way, just to see who would come out first and be the rightful claim to the family inheritance. It was Esau, by the way. But here's the funny part. When Esau came out, Jacob was holding on to Esau's heel probably trying to pull him back into the birth canal. But it gets better. 
Esau one time came hungry, very hungry to the point of death and begs Jacob for some of his food. So Jacob asks Esau to trade his birthright for some food. And Esau did. I mean, think about this. You traded your birthright for some food. And then Jacob ends up getting tricked by a guy named Laban into marrying the wrong woman. Seriously, go read the Old Testament. It's full of stories like this. Like the story of Balaam, he had a donkey and the donkey is depicted having more sense than its own owner, which makes him a wise ass, get it, I guess. Anyway, but what about Jesus? I mean, he said some pretty funny stuff too, if you think about it. He said, it is easier for a camel to pass through an eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven. If you don't think that Jesus was trying to be funny here, then you don't have a sense of humor. That's your problem. So please, Catholics, loosen up. Stop being so uptight. Have a little bit of fun when preaching the gospel, especially in today's world where when you open up social media, we see these sour and depressed grouches who are complaining that her waiter misgendered her at brunch. I don't know. We need humor. We need to poke fun at these ridiculous ideas through memes, through sarcasm, whatever it takes. We just need to bring that guard down. Now, of course, there's a fine line between attacking the person and attacking their ideas and ideology. And we need to be careful not to cross that line. Otherwise, we'll just sound like jerks and nobody's going to want to have a conversation with a jerk. So let's keep one goal in mind at all times that we are doing this to bring the glory of God to the world. We want to bring the joy of knowing God to the world. St. Paul reminds the Galatians that joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, a sign and symptom of the life lived in the Spirit of God. So have a laugh and stop being salty, because that's my job. Well, that brings me to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and for your continued support and prayer. Please continue to pray for me as I pray for you all. And please don't forget to check out our other podcasts by ECRC, The Catholic Avengers by Jeff and Pilar. And speaking of jokes, tune in to Sean A.R., and his podcast, The Right to Be Catholic. God bless you all. I love you all. And be salty. Well, actually, don't. Don't be salty, but be the salt of the earth. You get what I mean. Bye. (laughs)